It's time for Defending the Faith with Pastor Kenny Word of Gospel Lighthouse Church in Bossier City. Defending the Faith uses foundational principles, fundamental teachings, and faithful preaching of the gospel of Jesus Christ to influence the world and strengthen believers in their daily walk. And now, here's Pastor Kenny Word. Praise the Lord. Welcome to Defending the Faith. We're so glad that you joined us on today's program. Now, my name is Pastor Kenny Word. I'm the pastor of Gospel Lighthouse Church. Now, our church is down in South Bossier City, and we're a non-denominational congregation. If you don't have a church home, we would love to have you come visit us, come join us uh, for one of our upcoming services. We have Wednesday night services at 7 o'clock p.m., and then on Sundays, we have two services on the Lord's Day. At 1045 in the morning, we have our main service, and then we're a little bit old-fashioned. We have church at night. It's a 6 o'clock service, and honestly... It usually is the most powerful one. Uh, But if you don't have a church home, we want to make an invitation to you. We preach the truth of the Lord Jesus Christ. We preach that there is hope for every soul and that God's desire is to reconcile you to Himself through the Lord Jesus Christ. And if you need a church home, come worship the Lord with us at Gospel Lighthouse Church. Now, as we get into this program, we pray that this message is a blessing to you. We pray that God would speak to you, that it would be anointed and minister to you. And if you have any questions, you can always email me at kjcword, that's kjcword, at gmail.com. You can email me anytime. And now let's go ahead and get on into the message. God bless you. Galatians is what we have described is it is God's declaration of freedom in Christ. So if you've ever wondered whether you're bound by the Old Testament law in any form or fashion, this is where you go to. This is your declaration of freedom in Christ. Always remember it's in Christ. In Christ you have freedom from these Old Testament laws. And this uh, conversation came up because these people were coming into the churches in Galatia. They were called Judaizers. They were bringing in uh, heresy, telling the church that they had to follow the Mosaic Law. Uh, they had to be circumcised, or they had to go to Sabbath. They had to, you know, abstain from pork and all this kind of stuff in order to either be saved or remain saved. Um, and the way, and it's not usually spoken that forcefully. The way it usually is spoken is, well, if you truly are saved, you'll follow the Mosaic Law. If you're saved, this is what you'll want to do. You'll want to abstain from pork. You'll want to, you know, go to church on Saturday, which going to church on Saturday was never in the Old Testament law. Observing the Sabbath and going to church are two different events. Always remember that. So whenever somebody tries to put that on you like a Seventh-day Adventist would. Now, Galatians is um, that declaration of freedom in Christ. We're here in the fifth chapter. The fifth chapter is where the fireworks start popping. This is where the Lord is beginning to reveal that there's a greater work at, at, at hand because when you lean on the law, what you're doing actually is you're no longer walking in the Spirit, but you're allowing your flesh to rule and reign. It's easier, it's easier to make a bunch of laws and try to obey them than to listen to the Holy Spirit and obey Him. Okay? It's easier to do that because uh, our flesh craves legalistic terms. Amen? You've heard me say this, but, uh, you know, 
I'm not your Holy Spirit. You're not the other person's Holy Spirit. Every person that's born again has the Holy Spirit, and the Holy Spirit will illustrate and tell you things that he may not tell other people. He'll tell you to do things. He may tell you not to go to a certain movie when anybody else could go to it. But he wants to know if you're going to obey him. And so this is when it becomes an intimate walk between you and the Holy Spirit. This is you walking out an obedient lifestyle with God. And the more that you do this, the more you're going to grow in your faith. But you're never going to grow in your faith if you're not obedient to the Holy Spirit. If every time the Holy Spirit tells you don't, if you just do it, you're not going to grow in your faith. You're going to be stuck right there. It's what we call going around the mountain. If you've ever been in a season when you've gone around and around and around and around the same mountain, sometimes you think you've made it, and then all of a sudden the deck of cards falls again, and you go, great, I'm, a, I'm back at square one. This, I'm going around the same thing yet again. Well, that is from, uh, that is from uh, going backwards and not forward in the Spirit. The way we go backwards is by uh, doing works of the law, not the flesh. Now pick this up um, in verse number uh, 16. In 17, and then we're going to get into our background. Verse 16 and 17, uh, this is the background. It says, if you walk in the Spirit, you shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. Um, the flesh lusts against the Spirit, the Spirit against the flesh. These are contrary the one to the other, so that you cannot do the things that you would. Verse 18, but if you be led of the Spirit, you are not under the law. So here you see clearly that there's a difference between walking in the Spirit and walking in the law. Amen? Amen. Clear difference. And if you walk in the Spirit, not only are you not under the law, but you will not fulfill the lust of the flesh. If you'll walk in the Spirit, if you'll listen to what the Holy Spirit's saying and obey the Holy Spirit. There's times the Holy Spirit will tell you, don't talk to that one. Don't say that. Don't go there. Stop doing this. Stop doing that. And if you'll listen to the Holy Spirit, you will not fulfill the lust of the flesh. But if you, uh, I said it um, a few weeks ago, you know, whenever the Holy Spirit brings a yellow light to you and tells you you're on kind of shaky ground, you ever been in a conversation with somebody and you started talking, and it kind of took a negative turn. And you thought, maybe I shouldn't be saying what I'm saying. Or maybe I shouldn't be listening to what they're saying. Amen? It's, that's called a yellow light. I've, I've experienced that. I've shared before, you know, I've, I've worked construction um, almost all of my adult life. And um, one of the jobs that I had, I had a lot of construction supervisors. And when you're around the construction supervisors, we, all, we, we had mandatory supervisor meetings, right? And I'm the youngest supervisor there. In fact, they're all mad at me because I got promoted. Because I should have had to work, you know, longer to get this promotion. So they already have enmity against me. And they know that I'm a Christian. So what do they do? Every time we have a supervisor's meeting, guess what? They start telling dirty jokes. You know, that's a yellow light. The Holy Spirit was beginning to get grieved. And so I had a choice. I'm either going to, you know, hang in there because I just got this promotion and I don't want to lose it. Or I hang on to the Holy Spirit because I don't want to lose that. And so we got when we get those yellow lights, when we're in those situations that are uncomfortable, that's when you always want to obey the Holy Spirit. Amen? I would get up every time. They would start doing it. I would say, look, I'm out. When you're done talking about all that stuff, holler at me. I'll come back. But I'm not going to sit around and listen to that kind of stuff. And here's the thing about gossip. 
This, now, this is bonus, okay? Uh, bonus points. You know it takes two to gossip? Amen. We always talk about the gossiper. But you know, if, if the gossiper doesn't have an ear to talk to, the fire dies out. Amen. The fire dies out. So if somebody says, do you know what they're doing? Blah, 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 blah. Did you know what so-and-so did? You know what? If that goes on, you might, say, you might leave the conversation and say, I can't believe they sat there and gossiped to me about so-and-so. But you know what? If you wouldn't have given them an ear, they wouldn't have been gossiping. Amen. The minute you walk away and say, you know what? I'm not here. I don't want to listen to gossip. That's dangerous stuff. That's a poison for a soul. The minute you do that, it will throw water on that fire. Amen. But we always look at it on them, 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 them. But if you're listening to it, you're pouring gasoline on the fire. What you're doing is you're enabling bad behavior. So that's just bonus. Okay. Now, what, what, what you want to see here is that uh, Paul is saying that if you'll walk in the Spirit, you're not going to fulfill the lust of the flesh, right? Now, how those things proceed out, we're talking about what the works of the flesh are. The works of the flesh are manifest, it says uh, right here in verse number 19. The works of the flesh are manifest. What that means is when you're not walking in the Spirit... Your little secret's going to come out. You might think it's never going to come out. The works of the flesh are manifest. So if you're not walking in the Spirit, if you're walking, listen to me closely, if you're walking in a compromised manner, if you have sin in your life, it will come to the surface. It will manifest in the way you talk, the way you look at somebody, the things that you do, the things that you don't do. If you have secret sin, you might think that only you and God know, but God's not going to allow it to remain that way. God will expose it because God doesn't like those things, especially when you hide it from others. So you might get away with it for a while, but you're not going to get away with it forever. So the greatest thing that we could ever do is when we have those works of the flesh going on, is stop it. Drop it and repent. Repent. Repent means a change of mind. Repent means you agree with God. The change of mind says, you know what? I want to do this, but you don't like it, God. So I'm changing the way I think, and I'm going to think like you. That means you begin to hate what you once loved. It's called changing your mind, a reversing of the course. And so this manifestation of the works of the flesh uh, happens in verse number 20. Now, uh, 19, these, this is how the works of the flesh come about. And if you'll notice, uh, these works of the flesh are broken up into three groups. The first group is the awful group. If you want to memorize it, it's just the first letter of each word. It kind of spells awful, if, if you spell like you're from Texas. Uh, see, it's, it's A-F-U-L, <laughs> awful. <laughs> So if you, if you spell like you're from Texas, like I am, then it, awful is a great way to understand it. Well, this first group, this awful manifestation of sin group, is all dealing with sexual things, okay? And so you, that's, where you get, um, that's where you get adultery, fornication, uncleanness, and lasciviousness. Now, all of those things can also be spiritualized. You can have spiritual adultery against God. Spiritual fornication. 
Amen? Spiritual lasciviousness. The, all those things, you, you can have uncleanness. You can be spiritually unclean. But the manifestation, the way that you see it, you're going to see it in this sexual manner. Now, where we're at tonight is in verse number 20. Uh, idolatry and witchcraft. Now, witchcraft is where we stopped at this last time. Witchcraft is dealing with um, the occult world, uh, esoteric knowledge. Uh, witchcraft is dealing with, with things that, you know, you only heard about in the 1980s, you know, those kinds of things. Um, but it's actually, it's still prevalent. Uh, witches today, you know, kind of modified their name. They're called Wiccas today or Wiccans today. Um, they, they manifest themselves in things like Harry Potter and vampire movies and all that kind of stuff. And then you also have real actual witches that, you know, uh, believe it or not, sometimes they'll even come into churches and try to disrupt the services and things like that. Uh, it really does go on. It really is out there. Um, you can, you know, deny Deny it, deny it, deny it, but it's true, it's there, and it's in the Word, so it's, you know, it really is there. Um, and, and one other thing I'll just say on that before I leave um, on witchcraft is that, you know, if you've ever dabbled in that stuff, you need to renounce it in Jesus' name. If you've ever watched those movies, like those Harry Potter movies or those vampire romance movies and things like that, that's all witchcraft. You need to renounce that stuff. If you've ever done any kind of seance, gone to a fortune teller, if you've ever done anything like that, you need to renounce it in Jesus' name and repent of it because it will be a cloud over you until you repent of that. I remember one time I was uh, telling somebody... Um, Somebody came to my house, and uh, they, they came to my house, and this was shortly after my mother passed away, maybe, I don't know, two years, and they had gone to a fortune teller lady, palm reader lady, and they said, yeah, we went to this lady, and she said, you know, we went to go talk to your mom, and uh, we had this long conversation with your mom, and, you know, we, we want to tell you all about it. I said, now get out of my house. I rebuked them in the name of Jesus. I said, that wasn't my mom that you talked to. Because like David said about his son, he, when David's son died, he said, you know what? He can't come where I am, but one day I will go where he is. Amen. That's the promise. And so, you know, even though our heart would desire to get a message like that, that's not reality. Amen. Reality is, is that there are demonic spirits out there. If you'll ever read about the witch of Endor with, with uh, Samuel and Saul, if you'll ever read the witch of Endor, yeah, you'll see that it is a spiritual thing. And these spirits, they're called familiar spirits. How many of you heard of familiar spirits? Amen. Familiar spirits um, are, that word comes from family. Family. They're familiar with your family. They follow your family. These evil spirits do. So they know certain things about you that others would not know. So when you go to these witches and you talk to them, they'll tell you things that only the other person would know. Well, it's because it's a demonic spirit. So um, that's not of God. Once somebody goes to heaven, that's where they are. There's no coming back. They can't cross that gulf again. And, but, but one day, if you're born again, you'll go where they are. You'll go where they are. And so, you know, that's, you know, if, if you want to, you can think what you want, but if you want to think biblically, that's where it is, okay? And that's just the reality of the matter. But, um, but yeah, I had these people, they came and they said, we talked to your mom and your mom wants to give you a message. I said, nah, 
It was not my mom. I don't want to hear about it. Get out. And actually, when I, I kicked them out of my house, and I called up, there was two of them, and I called up their husbands, and I said, I want you to know what your wife's been doing. Because it's not good. And I told them, you know, because that kind of stuff is, is witchcraft. It is witchcraft. It is dabbling with spirits that are unclean, that are demonic. And any kind of thing like that that you've dabbled in, um, you know, I, I wouldn't leave here tonight without repenting. I wouldn't go another minute. I would even under your breath right now say, Lord, I'm sorry. I renounce it in Jesus' name. Cleanse me from all of that wickedness, Lord, in the name of Jesus. Any kind of that stuff that you've been involved in, you need to renounce it and, 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 and do it in Jesus' name. And if you need help with that, uh, you know, I'll help you with that. Now let's move on and, and, and take a step forward into verse number 20. Um, we, we wanna, what we're going to do tonight is we're going to finish up verse 20, uh, Lord willing, because this presents a, a whole other group to us. This group right here is uh, even witchcraft. If, if, if you look at the root of witchcraft, it is the desire to maneuver or manipulate somebody. That's the desire. If you ever watched, if you were a kid, the witches, they would, um, you know, if they wanted somebody to fall in love, they would whip up a, a, a love potion and give it to them. Well, what are they doing? They're trying to manipulate people. This is a simple way of putting it. That's what witchcraft did, is trying to manipulate people, whether good or bad. Even voodoo doctors, voodoo witch doctors, this is what they do. Good or bad, trying to manipulate people. Well, all of this verse number 20 that we're in right here is about people being manipulated or using people, trying to bend them to your desire. And so this grouping is, is, is not by accident, okay? This grouping is not by accident. And what you'll see um, as we move through this portion is that from hatred springs forth the rest of these. From hatred springs forth the rest of these. So we're going to read this verse, and then we're going to break this down. Now it says in verse 19, The works of the flesh are manifest, which are these, adultery, fornication, uncleanness, lasciviousness, that's awful, idolatry, witchcraft, hatred, variance, emulations, wrath, strife, seditions, heresies, Envyings, murders, drunkenness, revelings, and such like, of the which I tell you before, as I've told you in times past, that they which do such things shall not, everybody say not, not. shall not inherit the kingdom of God. So we're not just talking about, oh, I made a mistake, oh, silly me. We're talking about People that do such things shall not inherit the kingdom of God. So this is a serious matter, right? This is a serious matter. We, how many of you want to miss the kingdom of God? Nobody wants to miss it, right? Okay, that's why you're here. You're, you're at Bible study on a Wednesday night. You're, you're, you know, I used to call it preaching to the choir. This is preaching to the choir. You're here on Wednesday night because you don't want to miss... The kingdom of God. So um, the great thing about this verse, probably my favorite thing, is he says, and such like. That means anything like those things. Anything like those things. And that, that means that the Holy Spirit has a little bit of leeway to tell you that's a work of the flesh. And you know it, buddy. Amen? Amen. All right. Now watch this. Verse number 20. We're in hatred. What is Hatred. Hatred is hostility, a reason of opposition. 
Hatred is when you oppose somebody and, 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 it, and, and it comes uh, from a place in the heart. It's not just a casual opposing of somebody. It's when you oppose somebody from the heart. And I'm going to show you uh, why that is this way. Um, hatred. How many of you have ever hated something before? Something or somebody. Anything. <laughs> you hated some things, right? Hated some things. How many of you have hated a person before? Some of us are like, oh, okay. So when, when, when we're hating somebody, we have allowed our flesh to kick in the gear. When we begin to hate somebody, we are not operating in a spiritual sense, right? Even though we feel like it. Even though we feel like it. They did me wrong. I hope they fall. I hope they get kicked out of their house. I hope their husband leaves them. I hope they get... That's the flesh. I done, even though I feel like I'm all spiritual and all that, because I went to church, I got the, you know, the, the, the biggest, prettiest hat in church, and I, you know, I gave my, you know, my, my, I put my money in the offering plate, and I did this, and I served on that, and I did this, but if I've got hate for somebody, I'm not spiritual. Amen. If, I've got, if I've got hate in there. So, and, and look, this is is likely on all of us. All of us are, are, are in this spot. Because why? Because you have a flesh body. And it's not common that you walk in the Spirit 24-7. There's times that the, that the enemy will catch you when you're not walking in the Spirit. Can I get a witness? Amen. Okay. Amen. <laughs> Got it. <laughs> Um, so when we're not walking in the Spirit, we are likely to be moved into one of these areas. So this is a warning sign. When you start looking at somebody saying, Ooh, I hope they will fall. They didn't say hi to me. I hope that they fall. They didn't, they didn't thank me for doing what I did. And you begin to pick this person apart. You begin to watch them. You watch how they drive. You watch how they walk in. You watch how they leave. You watch. They, they didn't smile like that when they talked to me. Right? When it was my turn, they didn't do that for me. And, and what, you'll, what you'll do is you'll begin to hate somebody. Okay? Hatred is a warning sign. It's a very dangerous uh, work of the flesh. Hatred is. And look, uh, hatred, uh, make no mistake about it, you don't want to be moved into hatred. Okay? Now, hatred in and of itself is when this person's name gets called, your, your face immediately turns red. You know what? You remember the Hatfields and the McCoys, right? The Hatfields over here having dinner, and they said, Yeah, I ran into one of the McCoys in town. And they go, What? What'd you say? That's hatred. That's hatred. That's not looking at somebody objectively, right? Not allowing a normal discourse with them, but you objectively, no matter what they say or do, you immediately are done with the conversation, moved immediately into hatred. When somebody's done you wrong, it, it, that's when you've got a battle with hatred. If somebody's done you wrong, and you didn't do anything wrong, they just picked on you or something like that, this is a word of caution. Now, hatred, um, you know, 
Let me just show you a couple of definitions of hatred. Hatred in its classical sense, um, look in Genesis chapter 27. Let me show you hatred in the, in the way that you recognize it. And then I'm going to show you hatred in a way that you don't recognize it. Genesis chapter number 27. Good old Jacob. Good old Jacob. He had those lentils ready. Remember all that? And he stole the blessing. Remember all that? Now, in verse number 41, it says, Esau hated Jacob because of the blessing wherewith his father blessed him. And Esau said in his heart, The days of mourning for my father are at hand. Then will I slay my brother Jacob. This is hatred. This is, uh, you know what? As soon as my dad's in the ground, I'm coming after my brother. And I'm going to kill him. This is hatred, right? He hated what Jacob did to him, and he wanted revenge. This is what hatred is. It is hatred is being moved to take revenge in your own hands. Can you hear that? Hatred is being moved to take revenge in your own hands. Somebody parked in my parking spot. I'm going to cut their tires. They won't do it again. Hatred is taking revenge into your own hands. How many of y'all remember somebody in the Bible said that vengeance belongs to him? Who was it that said vengeance belongs to him? It was God. God said vengeance belongs to me. But yeah, we want to take something that belongs to God. I'll cut their tires. That'll show them. You know what? It'll, what it'll show is it'll show that you're moved by the flesh. Amen. If you let God do what He does, God will take care of the problem. Amen. God said, vengeance is mine. And you know, whenever God heaps coals on somebody's head, God can get their attention in a way that you can't. Amen. If you try to do it, they're going to call the cops on you. Come on. You want, to take, you want to take vengeance? If you allow hatred to reside in you long enough, somebody's going to have to call the cops on you. You see how serious that is? Hatred will move you to having the cops called on you. Yes. Yes. Amen. Because it's up to the hater to get to the bottom of the situation and get it resolved. Yes. Allow the hatred to take place. Amen. Because hatred will block your communication. Amen. That's a great, great word right there. He said bitterness. This it, it is an overflow of bitterness. And and when you've been done wrong, you become bitter and you want to exact revenge, right? Well, look at this illustration here with Jacob and Esau. Esau was done wrong. His brother tricked his dad. That was mine. Come on, it was rightfully Esau's. He got tricked. His father got tricked. But listen, instead of getting bitter about it, he should have gone to God about it. If he could have been like David. Esau could have been a man after God's own heart. Esau could have wrote a psalm right here. Oh Lord, they've risen up against me. They've lied to my father. 
but I'm going to rest in you. Right? He could have, wrote, he could have written a, a powerful psalm right here. But he allowed himself to get bitter at his brother. And it moved him to hatred where he wanted to slay him. Right? So, if, in, in like, and to piggyback on what, uh, on what he said, if you allow that bitterness to remain in there and it moves to hatred, you're going to get moved to the point where you're cutting somebody's tires or worse. Right? Okay. You don't have to tell me that you cut somebody's tires. <laughs> but if you, if you allow bitterness to be in there and hatred to, 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 to get in there and you begin to take vengeance on somebody, you're going to trip them. You're going to... Something. It will manifest. It will manifest. Praise the Lord. Thank you for joining us today on Defending the Faith. I'm Pastor Kenny Word. I'm the pastor over at Gospel Lighthouse Church, and we want you to know that we would love for you to come visit us. Our address is 4350 Panther Drive in Bossier City. We're a non-denominational congregation. Listen, we meet on Sundays at 1045 in the morning, and then we also have Sunday night services at 6 p.m. Then you can find us on Wednesdays. We have a Bible study at 7 p.m. But we hope to see you at one of our upcoming services, and we're so thankful that you joined us on the radio today. If you have any questions about the program today or a past episode, you can email me. I'm Pastor Kenny at kjcword at gmail.com. That's kjcword at gmail.com. Until we see you again, may God richly bless you. You have been listening to Defending the Faith with Pastor Kenny Word of Gospel Lighthouse Church in Bossier City. Defending the Faith uses foundational principles, fundamental teachings, and faithful preaching of the gospel of Jesus Christ to influence the world and strengthen believers in their daily walk. Gospel Lighthouse Church is located at 4350 Panther Drive in Bossier City. Go to churchlighthouse.com for more information. And please tune in again next time for Defending the Faith. It's time for Defending the Faith with Pastor Kenny Word of Gospel Lighthouse Church in Bossier City. Defending the Faith uses foundational principles, fundamental teachings, and faithful preaching of the gospel of Jesus Christ to influence the world and strengthen believers in their daily walk. And now, here's Pastor Kenny Word. Praise the Lord. Welcome to Defending the Faith. We're so glad that you joined us on today's program. Now, my name is Pastor Kenny Word. I'm the pastor of Gospel Lighthouse Church. Now, our church is down in South Bossier City, and we're a non-denominational congregation. If you don't have a church home, we would love to have you come visit us. Come join us uh, for one of our upcoming services. We have Wednesday night services at 7 o'clock uh, p.m., and then on Sundays, we have two services on the Lord's Day. At 1045 in the morning, we have our main service, and then we're a little bit old-fashioned. We have church at night. It's a 6 o'clock service, and honestly... It usually is the most powerful one. Uh, but if you don't have a church home, we want to make an invitation to you. We preach the truth of the Lord Jesus Christ. We preach that there is hope for every soul and that God's desire is to reconcile you to Himself through the Lord Jesus Christ. And if you need a church home, come worship the Lord with us at Gospel Lighthouse Church. Now, as we get into this program, we pray that this message is a blessing to you. We pray that God would speak to you, that it would be anointed and minister to you. And if you have any questions, you can always email me at kjcword, that's K J C W O R D 
at gmail.com. You can email me anytime. And now let's go ahead and get on into the message. God bless you. Now, Galatians is um, that Declaration of Freedom in Christ. We're here in the fifth chapter. Go to uh, two chapters over to chapter 29. And we're going to move forward um, with the same guy, Jacob. Uh, Jacob, at this point, has run for his life. <laughs> Jacob ran for his life because his brother hated him. And he goes over and he works for Laban and he's working for Rachel. Y'all remember this? How many years did he work for Rachel? All right. And then at the end of the seven years, instead of getting Rachel, he gets Leah. Okay, y'all can teach, I'm telling you. So he gets Leah. So Laban tricked Jacob, just like Jacob tricked his father. Came right back on him. You, it, it, how many of y'all remember, uh, if you sow to the flesh, you're going to reap of the what? Yeah. And Jacob sowed to the flesh. He tricked his father, and now he's reaping of it. His brother hates him. Now he gets over here to Laban. He said, okay, I'll work seven years for Rachel. At the end of seven years, Laban says, tricked you. Here's Leah. If you want Rachel, you've got to work another seven years. Come on. Who did Jacob love the most? Okay. Now, did he hate Leah? He just didn't love her as much as Rachel, right? Look what the Lord said. Look at verse number 31. And when the Lord saw that Leah was hated, he opened her womb, but Rachel was barren. And if you remember of the tribes of Israel, Leah was the one to bear of the first of the twelve tribes. And the reason that Leah was allowed to be the first to bear a child of the twelve tribes is because Jacob preferred Rachel over her. Look at this. Let the Bible define it. She is not loved properly. That's what hatred is. You can take it down into the gutter, but the biblical sense, hatred is just not loving where it should be. So what Jacob did is he treated Leah like the stepchild, right? When he was supposed to love his wife. Doesn't God say you're supposed to love your wife? And he did it. So God says that's hatred. And so that's why God blessed Leah. So I wanted you to see that because there's times when you may not, you, you your heart, y'all remember Jeremiah chapter 17, it says that your heart is Desperately wicked, it deceives you. Deceitfully wicked, that's right. Your heart is wicked. Hello. Your heart will tell you you're okay when you're not. We can, look, we had some church Sunday night. We had an altar call like nobody's business Sunday night, right? But you know, somebody could have sat there and said, am I okay? And their heart could have said, you're okay, you don't need to go up there. Right? You're okay. You don't need to go up there and get prayed for. You're all right. Our hearts lie to us. That's why you need to listen to the Lord and examine yourself in light of Scripture, not in light of what your heart tells you. Right? You never need to know whether you need prayer or not. Just examine your life in the light of Scripture. And every time you should be at the altar. <laughs> all of us. All of us. 
But watch this. So if you look at it, your heart will tell you that you're right when you're not. In your heart right now, while we're talking about hatred, you'll say, yeah, I hated somebody in seventh grade because, you know, they always picked on me. I didn't do anything for them. I didn't do anything to them, and they always picked on me, so I hated them. But, you know, that was when I was a kid. Well, look at it biblically. Look at Leah. It wasn't that Jacob just despised her. It's that he didn't love her in the right way. Amen? He didn't love her in the right way. God looks at it as hatred. It's a, and if you, look at the, if you look at the biblical definition of hatred, it is love to a lesser degree than it should be. You look at it in the Hebrew. You can look it up. But it's love in a lesser degree. Now, let's move forward. Let's move forward into uh, Matthew chapter number 5. Let's go to the New Testament. We're going to hang out in the New Testament for a little while. Matthew chapter number 5. Now, you might say, well, you know, Esau hated Jacob because Jacob did something wrong. But even though somebody does something wrong, it does not give you the right to hate. Amen. Right? Do you know what? Hatred will kill your soul. Hatred will create, as, as you said, it will create a barrier between you and God. And so when, and, and what you really need to be cautious about is when somebody does you wrong, when somebody's offended you, that's when you really need to listen to the Spirit. If somebody does you wrong, that's when you're on a, a, a testing ground. Okay? Now, how we're supposed to deal with our enemies. Now, if, if, we were, if, if we were all back in school, back in the day, or whatever, when you deal with your enemies, you know how you deal with them? Talk about them. They did this. They did that. Can you believe that they didn't do this? And can you believe that they did that? You shouldn't be doing that with your enemies today. Right? If you have enemies today, you shouldn't be running them down with your mouth. Should be praying for them. Right, right. But if you allow that to fester, if you allow that bitterness to fester in there, it will move you to hatred and it will come to the surface. There will be a day in time when you're talking to somebody and they bring up so-and-so's name and you just go... Rah, rah, rah. <laughs> It just came out. It manifests. That hatred will manifest. And if you don't watch out, it'll move you to an action that you, were, you, you absolutely, absolutely, deeply regret later. If you allow bitterness to stay in there, you allow it to become hatred, you're going to be moved to do something that you will deeply regret. You're going to say something, Right? Now, you can ask for forgiveness and somebody can extend it, but you know what? A scar can heal, but it's still there. A scar can heal. God can heal a broken heart. God can heal a scar. But it's already out there. It's already there. All right. Now, how are we supposed to deal with our enemies? Look in verse number 43. You have heard that it has been said, Thou shalt love thy neighbor and 
What's that? You shall love your neighbor and hate your what? Your enemy. Jesus is, Jesus is about to take you into a New Testament. Oh, we're going to go back to the Old Testament. But Jesus is taking it to another place right here. Watch, look, it says, You shall love your enemy, you shall love your neighbor and hate your enemy, but I, this is Jesus, I say unto you, love your enemies. So Jesus has just taken the Old Testament and flipped it upside down. Amen. Used to get away with hating your enemies, but Jesus said, You can't hate your enemies no more. You think Muslims are bad? Don't hate them, pray for them. You think. You know, people that cross the border are bad, don't hate them, pray for them. You think people that are in gangs are bad, don't hate them, pray for them. You think Republicans are bad, don't hate them, pray for them. You think Democrats are bad, don't hate them, pray for them. You're supposed to be a New Testament Christian. You want to go back to the Old Testament? Go find you a Levitical priest and start doing all that stuff. But over here in the New Testament, under the priesthood of Jesus Christ, being cleansed by the blood of the Lamb, we have a new order, and the new order is no longer to hate our enemy, but to love our enemy. Amen. So when somebody does us wrong, we say, I don't like what you did, but I still love you. Isn't that what we do? I don't like what you did, but I still love you. When somebody does us wrong, we are quick to forgive. Why? Because God will forgive you when you do him wrong. Amen. Didn't God tell you to be merciful because who's merciful? God said for you to be merciful because He's merciful. If you want God's mercy in your life, you should extend mercy to other people. Let's think about that. Think about those things. Is God patient with you? Why aren't you patient with others then? Is God long-suffering with you? They should have it together by now. You don't think God wants to say that about you? They should love me the way I think they should love me by now. You don't think God wants to tell you that? Right? So let's be merciful. Because God gives us mercy because we, we come short. We come short of the glory of God. We're only righteous by faith. Not by our works. We come short. And so we need God's mercy. And so if you need God's mercy, you better be quick to be merciful to others Amen. when they come short of your standards. Well, they should have done, uh, paid me back. I gave them that $20 last week. They should have done. I knew they didn't like me. I knew that they... What did God lend to you? Breath? Amen. Come on. You want him to demand that back? I gave them that breath 60 years ago. What have they done with it? So, you know, God, God is merciful to you. And God is challenging you to be merciful to others. And so here you see the, the New Testament kind of flips the Old Testament upside down. And he says, look, it's no longer about loving your neighbor because, look, anybody can love those that love them. You want to bring me a lollipop? I'll smile. But what happens when you spit on me? Will you still smile? That's New Testament Christianity. That's what Jesus did. Watch this. Um, verse number 44 he said but I say unto you love your enemies so that's where it changes that's where it changes bless them that curse you do good to them that hate you 
Well, if you hate me, I'll hate you back. You want to get in the gutter, buddy? Let's do it. That's why I keep my sleeves rolled up, right? You want to get down? Come on, let's do it. That's the way you want to do it? Let's do it. Let's get on with it. But that's not how we're supposed to treat those that hate us if we're Christians. Amen. Are you a Christian in name only? Or do you walk it out? Woo! It's hot and heavy tonight. Now watch this. Watch, she said you're supposed to do good to them that hate you and pray? Root for them? Wait. I, I get, I'll smile while I'm around them. I'll just grit my teeth. I, 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 and, I, and I might give them a, you know, a, a cup of water when they're thirsty. I get it, but I'll grit my teeth. Pray for them? Pray for them? See, you can only do this with a New Testament heart. You can only do this when God has taken out the heart of stone and given you a heart of flesh, as Ezekiel prophesied. You can only do this when God's done it to you. When God's changed you, that's the only way that you can do this. But what you will see as a New Testament Christian is, instead of brother so-and-so just did this, this, and this, and they did this, this, and this, instead of doing that number, we pray for them. So look, here's a word of caution. Don't talk about somebody unless you pray for them. I mean that with all sincerity. If you talk about somebody without praying for them, you're operating in the flesh. You know, in ministry, you get done wrong. I know that, you know, in ministry you're a target. In a lot of ways. A lot of ways. A lot of ways you don't even understand. You're a target. And people will, will call you things and do things to you that you n never did, never done anything wrong to them. But guess what? You better pray for them because it's not about you. you when, when people come against you, when you're a Christian, it's not about you. It's because there's something in you they don't like. If you live a righteous life, there is something in you that challenges them and they don't like it and they're going to talk bad about you. Man, the first time this happened to me, I was so broken hearted because I, I love God and I love my friends. I love my neighbors. I would do anything for them. And the first time somebody started, you know, yeah, yeah, and about me, I didn't do anything to them. All I'm trying to do is serve God. I didn't do anything to you. And they started talking about me. It just broke my heart. Right? But it's a challenge because what you, your response tells where your spiritual maturity is. Okay? When you've been done wrong and you didn't do anything, spiritual maturity prays for the person anyways. Don't matter. Prays for them anyways. They did me wrong. Do you know that there's people that still to this day talk bad about people in here and, and me too? There's probably people that still talk bad about you today. There's people that still talk bad about me, and I never did anything to them. You probably never did anything to those people. But guess what? Our job is not to hope they fall, hope they fail, hope they shut their mouth. Our job is to pray for them. Amen. I, I don't like it as much as you do, but that's what the Word says. 
So our job is to love them, do good to them, pray for them. You know, and you know what will happen when you pray for those? When you pray for people that hate you? When you pray for people that talk bad about you? When you pray for people that do that? You know what happens? It rattles their cage. Things will begin to shake in their life like never before. God will move on them. They will, they will feel it. I promise you. It, it happens every single time I find out somebody's running me down. I begin to pray for them more than I pray for anything else that day. I just pray and pray and pray and pray for them. God bless them. Bless their marriage. Bless their home. Bless their job, Lord. I just lift them up and pray the peace of God will just come on them. And you know, it, it never fails. By the end of the day, things start shaking in their life. God will begin to shake them. What, what's happening? God's doing something. God's changing them. God's changing them. And see, God is the one who can change hearts, not you. If somebody hates you, you can't do anything about it. If somebody hates you, you could give them your watch, you could give them your wallet, you could give them a free meal, but at the end of the day, it's a heart issue and they're still going to hate you. The only thing that can change somebody's heart is the Spirit of God. No matter how much you beg, plead, borrow, no matter how much you do it, nothing's going to change them unless God does. And so if somebody's talking bad about you, if somebody's doing you wrong, if somebody is running you into the gutter and keeping your name there, you better start praying. You better start praying. You better start praying for them. That's what will change their heart. You might say, well, you know what? They only talk about me when they get around those people, and if you'll record them, we'll catch them. You can record them and catch them. That's not going to change them. Amen. You can catch them red-handed. You can film them. You can record them. You can, make a, you can put them in Time Magazine. It's not going to change their heart. If somebody's doing you wrong, pray for them. God's the only one that can change a person's heart. You could look, the people talk bad about me. I could I could say, I did this, I did that, I did this, and I never did anything to you. I did this for you, I did that for you. That's not gonna change their heart. You ever had one of those conversations with people that have done you wrong? Where you try to talk to them, talk reasoning to them? Might as well be talking to a donkey. If you ever talk to a donkey, you know what I mean. Donkeys are hard-headed. It's like talking to a wall. In fact, it's easier to talk to a wall than a donkey. But you're not going to be able to change their heart. You could, you, you, you could get a piece of paper and put on the left hand all the things you did and on the right hand all the things they did. You could say, we're going to come up with a plan so that you don't do this, so that I don't offend you anymore, and we don't do this and we don't do that. That's not going to change them. Only God can change a heart. That's why you pray for them. That's why you pray for them. That's why. You got a loved one that's not right with God? Guess what? You giving them the story isn't going to do it. Well, I'm going to church again without you. You could just stay right here and be upset. That's not, you make them feel guilty. You can make them feel guilty all day long. That's not going to, only God can change their heart. That's why you got to pray for them. That's why you got to pray for them. 
All right. So let's move over to 1 John chapter 2. 1 John chapter 2. And we're just going to kind of button up on hatred. Okay, in 1 John chapter number 2, uh, let's look at verse number 9. Starting right there, 1 John chapter 2, verse number 9. He that saith he is in the light. Now, stop right there. Pause. Full stop. How many people say, I'm a Christian? You look in Shreveport, Bossier, everybody says it. Everybody. Everybody's a Christian. I'm in the light. I'm in the light. I'm a Christian, right? Everybody says it. He that saith he's in the light and hateth his brother. Who's my brother, Lord? Whoever you see. That's your brother. Amen. Don't matter what. He that saith he's in the light and hateth his brother is in darkness even until now. He that loveth his brother abideth in the light, and there is none occasion of stumbling in him. But he that hateth his brothers in darkness and walketh in darkness and knoweth not whether he goeth, because the darkness has blinded his eyes. And this is my last point on hatred. Hatred blinds you. Hatred will blind you. Many of you have ever heard that kind of a statement before. They were blinded by hatred. You can allow yourself to get moved to where you hate somebody, and it will blind you to the fact that you are now walking in darkness. They might have done you wrong, but when you respond in the wrong way, you've allowed them to take you down. Come on. You've allowed them to take you down. They, mission accomplished on their end. They talk bad about you and you begin to hate them. Mission accomplished on their end. The test is when they do you wrong, when they do stuff that causes you to get bitter, when they do you underhandedly and they treat you like they, they shouldn't treat you, the bitterness grows in there, the hatred, that's, that, that's what their plan is. You know why that's their plan? Misery loves company. And if somebody lives in the gutter, guess where they want you to be? You know why? Do you know why people on construction job sites tell dirty jokes? Because their mind's in the gutter, they feel guilty about it, and they want other people to be in the gutter too. Misery loves company. You know why people gossip? Because they've got gossip in the heart, and they want other people to crawl down in the gutter with them. Misery loves company. And so when somebody hates you, they do you wrong... They want, they want you to hate them back. But if you're a believer, your responsibility is to God first. Amen. And your responsibility to God first is to love your enemy, to bless them, to pray for them, to do good to them. That's your responsibility as a believer. 
even if they keep doing you wrong. Amen. How many times should I forgive them, Lord? Come on. I'm telling you, y'all should be teaching this. 70 times 7. So even when they do me that, that, now that does not mean that you keep putting yourself in a dangerous situation, right? It does not mean you, you willingly allow people to use you. But if you get used, don't resent them. Love them. Forgive them. You can change the equation. Right? If uh, uh, um, you get in a situation where you're in a, a, a serious, a physically dangerous situation, or emotionally dangerous situation, change the equation. You, get, you have to. It's not going to change until you change something. But in the meantime, you pray for the other person. That's the only thing that will change their heart. That's the only thing that will change your heart. Um, you know, I, I, I often say this, but, it, it, you know, if, uh, um, you know, your actions speak louder than your words. And people that know you the best know your actions. And your actions convey to them what your words do not. If, think about this, and, 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 and we're going to move on. Think about this. If, if I never one time told my wife that I loved her, but I bought her flowers every day, massaged her feet every day, cooked her a meal every day, she would know that I love her through actions. But on the flip side of it, if I tell her I love her, well, you're my wife, I love you. And I tell her I love her 99 times a day, but one time a day, smack her. <laughs> Do I love her or not? Even though in this case I said it 99 times, my actions speak louder than my words. And over here, even though I never said it, my actions speak louder than my words. Right? And so when you're, when you're dealing with whether you uh, hate somebody or not, look, you can put on the religious mask and, and, and go to church and, and you, know, you know what the Sunday morning smile is. Life's great. I'm blessed. Right? You know what the Sunday morning smile is like. So you can put on the Sunday morning smile towards people. I love you. I love you. I love you. Oh, I love you. And then they get outside and you go, Ooh, I hope they fall down. Ooh, I hope that they... Actions speak louder than words. Praise the Lord. Thank you for joining us today on Defending the Faith. I'm Pastor Kenny Word. I'm the pastor over at Gospel Lighthouse Church. And we want you to know that we would love for you to come visit us. Our address is 4350 Panther Drive in Bossier City. We're a non-denominational congregation. Listen, we meet on Sundays at 1045 in the morning. And then we also have Sunday night services at 6 p.m. Then you can find us on Wednesdays. We have a Bible study at 7 p.m. But we hope to see you at one of our upcoming services. And we're so thankful that you joined us on the radio today. If you have any questions about the program today or a past episode, you can email me. I'm Pastor Kenny at kjcword at gmail.com. That's kjcword at gmail.com. 
Until we see you again, may God richly bless you. You have been listening to Defending the Faith with Pastor Kenny Word of Gospel Lighthouse Church in Bossier City. Defending the Faith uses foundational principles, fundamental teachings, and faithful preaching of the gospel of Jesus Christ to influence the world and strengthen believers in their daily walk. Gospel Lighthouse Church is located at 4350 Panther Drive in Bossier City. Go to churchlighthouse.com for more information. And please tune in again next time for Defending the Faith.